Coffee time Wednesdays. Welcome back to the Prairie Farm Podcast. Coffee time Wednesdays with your favorite host, Nicholas Lirio. Favorite co-host, Ken Boucher. Favorite co-host to the co-host, Mr. Peyton Scandridge. Yeah, boy. We're groggy again today, but it's not because Nick just ate a huge meal. Nope. It's, it's because we hauled buckets of concrete. Listen, listen to this. No, so, that's... Oh, ooh. Not sponsored by Bang, but he is drinking a Bang Energy. Swirly pop flavor. He's uh, he's not into the whole living past 60 years old thing. <laughs> if we make it past 40, I failed somewhere. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Does anybody else even have a topic? Instantly starts coughing up a lung. Wow. Keels over. I, I figure I'm going to keep beating that seaweed horse till it's dead. <laughs> Did you guys see that? It's like, it's actually starting to wash up on beaches as unrelated to my actual topic. But yeah, it's stinky and people now know it exists. Dude, that's all I want is I want to see someone's spring break ruined by seaweed. Yeah, I mean, you like owe it to yourself to look at some pictures. So, so in all your uh, readings on it, has a cause been, is it is it just because there's so much nutrient you washing into the can. ocean? It's global warming. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, that's fair enough. You have warmer sea temperatures. Yeah. I imagine that that's part of it. But is it also because, I mean, Nick talks about this all the time, all the, the fertilizers washing out into the Gulf? I, I don't speculate, that, man. <laughs> I, don't I don't think Iowa is causing the seaweed flu. <laughs> you heard it here first. Can't get blames local farmers. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> no. I mean, bloom. there's it. So it's it's historically large. It's like, what's the what's feeding this thing? What's causing it? I, you know, warm warmer sea temps. Corn, corn and bean farmers could be part think, of it, but there's also got to be there's also got to be a food source there. No, it's got to be feral cows. The seaweed has learned to eat the feral cows. They've, they've gone through Even and sniped all the cows. Total, cows and now the cows, are, the cows are washing out I, to sea and they're just providing the... There's a rogue cloning scientist out there just cloning more seaweed and throwing it in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> By the last thing Some people wild. just want to watch the world burn, man. Well, hey, law of conservation of matter. You can't just get more matter out of nothing. You gotta. There's got to be something that is contributing to this growth of seaweed, so... That that's your assignment, Peyton. Track down what's feeding the seaweed. I'm on it. I'll come back with a full report <laughs> next week. Well, do you actually have a thing? I do. What's your actual thing? Which are probably way less interesting it's than seaweed. It's gonna be way less cool. Um, I saw a thing in California where they. Oh man, see, this is why you should let me go last because I have to fumble for my phone. But they were looking at putting um, some solar panels along this can on a canal. Which is a cool use of hmm. space that you can't. Yeah. Where, um, was, where was this at, you said? California. California. So. Okay. So there's on a canal, they're going to build bridges that with solar panels. I don't on know. Them? I think. Or they're going to just it, like. Dude, I don't know if it's a water thing. Like if the canal just exists to move water or what. But I saw the article, didn't get a chance to read it because <laughs> we were talking about seaweed. <laughs> you know, my dad had a similar suggestion for. Uh, uh, tractor trailers or semis as we call them around here if you could take like the tops of every semi trailer just put a giant solar panel on there and uh you know of course convert that to an ev uh, semi semi i wonder if it'd provide enough juice Interesting. but you're, the, or you're even our, a hybrid 
you know, get those yeah, that's ga- true, yeah. miles per gallon to stretch to like 60. I would say no, just because the extra weight from the, the panel. You'd the really, panel, no, panels weigh like nothing, don't they? Bro, I've lifted more of those well, things and, up and down and the roof than and, you know. And you'd, have to, you'd have to have some pretty heavy-duty uh, framing, I would think. Yeah, just for the winds. Yeah. yeah. but And you got to think, too. Would they just be directly bolted to the top of the thing? Um, Well, you may want to be able to, uh, like, adjust it a little bit, I, I imagine, as, you know, you're if you're driving east to west like a lot of stuff does in our country or west to east you know yeah. sunrise in the east sets in the west to get a better charge you probably want to be able to like adjust the pitch a little bit or something to catch yeah. plus Dude, more direct you just light. need a prototype just you, slap it on the you got to realize the scientific principle of all this if cloudy carno gale cloudy carno go oh i see what you i thought you said claudio or something like <laughs> yeah. i don't know who that cloudy is with a chance of meatballs <laughs> oh man well, I'm going to go next. That's good. Like, like Kent pull up the rear. Let's keep moving. Oh, great. Dude, speaking of pulling up the rear. No. Listen to this. <laughs> so in Africa, um, I for Oh, man. I One minute in Africa. A what? minute passes. <laughs> okay. So in, in Africa, they they these specific kind of elephants were going, um, were becoming very uh, endangered. So that in this huge, like millions of acres park, they start breeding these elephants. They get really, really good at breeding these elephants. That the elephants start taking off the taking over the park. So they need to transport them to like public lands and another country. So they start doing it. Well, the oldest elephant males were too big to carry. Get this. So they're like, well, okay, we have enough young bulls. We'll put them out there. It'll be fine. Well. All of a sudden, what starts happening is these young bulls start killing white. I believe they're called white rhinos. It's another endangered. Oh, super endangered. The rarest kind of rhino. Yeah, Yeah, it's like a famously endangered species. So they start killing these white rhinos. And like, obviously, that's an issue. And and they and and I think hippos and even some crocodiles. These elephants are just killing them, not eating them, just going out and killing these species. You're killing hippopotamuses. You're a bad mamma jamma. Dude, no. Hippos are... Those things are messed up. They will... (laughs) They're just a pig, but bigger. They're like a pig that's always angry and bigger. And did you know hippos can't swim? They can only run on the bottom of uh, lakes. That's scarier, though, somehow. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Imagine a hippo... when you see when you see a hippo's head above the ground it's not like on all fours or swimming like paddling it's on two hind legs looking at you standing yes it is literally standing waiting to flip your canoe isn't that crazy oh Oh. dude that's messed up but anyway so these elephants i know for sure crocodiles and white rhinos they were messing with and i think hippos as well but they found out the reason this was happening is because these Elephants were basically angsty teens that needed a dad. And so as soon as they started bringing the dads over, it quit happening. These dads literally were like correcting them. I don't know if they were like spanking them, but uh, they were doing that. And so and, and taking away their allowance. Yeah. <laughs> no, no car for you this you, weekend. You can't play Fortnite until you stop. Killing <laughs> Dang it, Brian. Did you kill Larry? <laughs> Can't eat from our tree this week. Um, well, the reason that's relevant, heard that story a while ago, um, is because of a guy named Bob Jackson, this legend of a guy who does, who does, uh, has dealt with bison, 
and we will have a full episode with him. He's agreed to do an episode. He's hard to nail down, though. He's, he's hard to – but he's agreed to do a podcast episode with us. But the main thing I want to talk about is he discovered that these bison actually live in family and extended family groups where great-grandparents help raise the younglings while the moms go and get food, and then they'll come back. And, um, and they'll travel miles apart, but they know the main family. They know where to come. And uh, he said they're actually very logically and emotionally driven beings. Mm. They like feel connection. So one time he scared some bulls, some young, some young bulls, and they took off running for over a mile to get back to their mom. That's wow. Isn't that crazy? They knew exactly where their mom was. They took off running to get to her protection. And anyway, I was just reading on this guy. He, uh, well, we won't get into why he, he, he was term He was terminated his job. He would catch poachers. He was terminated from his job, but uh, we'll let him tell more of the story later. Well, don't don't just don't leave it don't leave it that open ended because now no. we just make him feel like a guy who got fired. No, well, okay, yeah. So he got a little unright for good for good reason. He he uh, don't don't share don't well, share. Yeah, it's I'm not going to cool share story. what he did, but I will say he stuck to his guns when yeah. tune in when he knew it would cost him a lot more. Next time for Bob Jackson. No, it won't be next time. It'll be it'll be probably a month or Tune two. Tune in in three years for Bobby J. <laughs> so now he has um, bison in Iowa, and um, he has, I think, like 400 head. And uh, he said they actually, if you kill just one member of a buffalo family, the rest will experience depression, and they'll, they'll experience what's called stress toxins. And he said that tough meat, because it's mature, is actually – only because we raise cattle in such dysfunctional families. They don't know how to, they don't feel like the Mm. warmth and protection of a family herd. So with Buffalo, you can actually let them get really mature and they won't have tough meat because they don't experience these stress toxins all the time. So question. Yeah. How, because I assume these bison are for meat then? Yes. How do you kill one without? Oh, you kill a lot of them at once. You take out a whole family, which to us seems more sad, but to them, it's like, they're like, Brian, where's Brian? And then two hours later, you're in heaven with Brian. So that's kind of... (laughs) Sounds kind of genocidal. More more humane. More humane. Um, But uh, yeah, very interesting guy. He has some pretty wild claims uh, that I don't know. I was reading about him last night. A lot of pages on some of on some of his interviews, and he's just a cool guy. So looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a ton of fun to hear that. And bison are one of those things that we all know about, but we don't know much about them. If that makes sense, like, oh yeah, bison used to be here, but you know, I, I once learned from uh, actually Todd Bogenschutz was the first one who taught me this was. You think of uh, the prairie of Iowa, you're like, oh, yeah, we used to have bison everywhere. Well, in actuality, yes, we had bison in Iowa, but we had way more elk than we had bison. We really didn't have a ton of bison. And so there's all sorts of little factoids about bison that that'll probably end up being one of my favorite episodes we've ever done hearing from him, somebody who's Todd. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe isn't the bison our uh, national mammal? I'm pretty sure it is. I, I think uh, I think we, and it's I think it's I mean, also it's on the nickel. I'm uh, and I think it's also That's one just of the buffalo nickels. I think it's also one of uh, the animals featured on American passports or something hey, like that. What's the difference between a bison and a mountain buffalo? I was right. You were right. Yeah, the American animal. bison. Do you know, or do you want me to Google it? 
the difference between a bison and a, and a mountain, mountain buffalo. buffalo. Yeah, I don't. I've never heard. I was of a reading buffalo. Bob Jackson was was. Well, there's like plains it. bison and then there's woodland bison. But he called them woodland buffalo and mountain buffalo. What, what Peyton? Bu- what do you got? So bison have large humps on their shoulders and bigger heads than buffalo. So bison, when you see a bison, it's got that big, yeah. almost like a camel-like hump on its back, and buffalo um, yeah, don't I think, really have that. I think bison is really the more correct. I mean, both are fine to use, but I think bison is the more correct term for what is native to North America, and buffalo includes like Cape buffalo yeah. in Africa. When you think of like so water buffalo, buffalo, just sounds like water a cow. buffalo. And, like, no, you make it sound like a cow. No. Smaller heads with no. no think the like the the That's African also a dog. Smaller head, also very, no also very dangerous. Cape buffalo are some of the most dangerous critters on the Think planet. Think like African uh, safari, like the little water buffalo and everything. Think no. those guys. A rabbit also has a smaller head and no hump on its back. Okay, they have to have horns. So let's go down that rabbit <laughs> okay. hole. Okay, uh, a giraffe also has a smaller head with no hump. I, I guess I'm, I'm not. But it does kind of have those two little horn things. On yeah, its head. yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Enough about bison. What, Kent? What you got? Uh, so I, I actually kind of struggled finding an article for this week, but it, thankfully I found a good one. It's because Fritch, and, Fritch didn't send him anything. He's dependent <laughs> on his Fritch man. Actually, Fritch did send me a really interesting thing, but it wasn't a uh, article, and it came from another podcast, so I felt kind of <laughs> weird using it. But it was about autonomous uh, farming, so maybe I'll do some research on that. Um, oh, that's a thing. I, I, it's coming. Quick. It's coming. Well. And, so I listened to an interview of John Deere two years ago, and they were like, hey, why do we need farmers in the tractor, blah, blah, blah. We've got all this stuff. And the guy, he's like, oh, yeah, we have all the technology. Farmers don't need to be in the field. It's just farmers aren't going to buy a product that they could run from a computer. They want to still well, be Well, and then so then the question is, who becomes the farmer eventually? Is it giant tech companies? Yeah. You'd almost have to have a situation where, like, the largest private landowner in the country founded a dude large we're like tech two years from the matrix you see the founded a the founded a large tech company but anyways that would never happen <laughs> but no that's not my topic right now um my uh, topic is the uh large trash islands in the ocean yes. and uh i'm not i'm not gonna discuss like size or this is the you know this is Bermuda 2.0 or what, you know, we're, it's just a interesting thing that has been looked at for over 10 years now, probably. And it's okay. If we have these large trash islands, are there organisms that are inhabiting these islands? Oh, yes. Yes. And, uh, the, it's not like, you know, you have like palm trees growing on trash Island. So it's, it's going to be more boring than that in some ways, but in, in other ways, very fascinating and kind of alarming. There's not like a new chimpanzee that's like, hanging out <laughs> no, islands. no. And so what they're finding are, uh, uh, invertebrate species, which there's tons of those. If you took the number of invertebrate species and compared those to the, to, or the population of invertebrate species and compared those to the population of vertebrate species, it would be, you know, the vertebrate would be a drop in a bucket in comparison, right? So these are these are uh, a lot of microorganisms, but some can be, you know, macro invertebrates as well. And they're finding that, so if a trash island kind of starts off of the coast of, um, let's say, Oh, somewhere in Australia, the, the 
invertebrate organisms that live there normally are going to start attaching on to all these plastics mainly is the stuff that's floating and uh they start to basically almost treat it like a coral reef in a way you know and they start to inhabit this thing but then ocean currents take the thing like a big giant barge and start shifting it across the ocean and wind and, and so forth right and and uh now all of a sudden trash island ends up in a different hemisphere and they they figured that because the ocean conditions would change so much <clears throat> that these things probably wouldn't survive all that well but they're finding that no absolutely not they're surviving and so th these invertebrate organisms that lived in well here I, I screenshot an example they talked about um uh with the huge earthquake back in uh, fukushima in japan in 2011 i don't know if you guys remember that uh you want a great story look into that that is you'll be amazed that you if you're listening to this lived through that event and don't know more about it because it is a wild wild story but anyways said um they looked at uh this trash island that went across the north pacific islands and they started uh, so they know it formed around 2011 and uh it washed ashore in hawaii in 2017 and so they found all these species that came from japan over to hawaii which now leaves the door wide open so at this point you would just classify them as non-native species and you would hope that the native ecosystem would be inhospitable to them, you know, basically be like, oh, sorry, you brought a little, uh, you know, tiny crustacean over here. Well, we got a big fish that likes to eat tiny crustaceans, so it's going to gobble up all you little tiny crustaceans. You're not going to make it. But that's unlikely to happen. Some of them are going to make it, most likely, and then they become an invasive species uh, in Hawaii or wherever else. And if you look at... In places where invasive species have the most effect, it's going to be these island, um, these island ecosystems yeah. because they're just not very big. Yeah, and just run them over. And so it's like, who would even think that? Like we know that man, that trash island, that is a problem. That's microplastics. It's an eyesore. It's disgusting. Fish are getting stuck in the little uh, six pack sleeves, you know, <laughs> turtles are growing weird with the, you know, their shell all weird around that thing. But it also is a complete carrier from across the stinking planet of invasive species yeah. into a totally new area. And That's so crazy. Uh, yeah, it's a documented thing now. It's uh, they got enough data there to see that it's happened. I don't know if this was a different article, Kent, but I saw something similar where they're talking about these giant islands basically having their own like unique ecosystems. Mm -hmm. Yep. Just because they they're at so many different spots and they get all these different um, yeah, and they're so like traveled and the things have to be able to adapt to all these different yep. environments to where they're like the life of invertebrate species on these or around these trash islands is like unique to anywhere else in the world yeah yeah right so, exactly dude, you could turn that into a movie it's just tom hanks and instead of a volleyball it's like <laughs> it's like an old piece of it's pizza. starfish <laughs> it, 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 instead of uh uh wilson uh he calls it fred and he's just on this trash island and turns out there's like another old man on the island he meets like a weekend 
because the he's, island's so he's big. He's just two miles away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you talking like a Mad Max uh, Life of Pi crossover? <laughs> yeah, wow. there's a, there's an interesting thing. If you could, if you were stuck in the middle of the ocean, if you could find Trash Island, would there be enough half-drink water bottles that you oh. you wouldn't have to die of thirst? Well, like an Oscar the Grouch, Peter Pan type? Oh, dude, that sounds horrifying, honestly. Well... Thanks for tuning in on this uh, this short, very short Coffee Time Wednesday. We uh, thank you for listening. And if you are looking for or you are wanting to know more information on anything that you have found online, shoot it to us. We'd love to also study it and talk about it and maybe complain about it. I don't know. It depends on how and, grumpy we're feeling. And also Google it because we are not experts. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. we talk yeah. about. <laughs> All right. Uh, Peyton, take us out. Uh Unscrew your water bottles before you you throw them away. Amen. Ba-da-ba-ba-bow.